Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Our scripture reading this morning on this Palm Sunday is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Friends, I invite you to listen for God's word to you this day. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, as I was leaving the house to come to church, my four-year-old daughter ran to the door for one more goodbye hug. And as she turned to head back to her breakfast, she called over her shoulder, don't forget to put some sunscreen on, Mom. Yesterday, we were outside for a neighborhood gathering during the most beautiful part of the day when the sun was out strong, and we had to cover ourselves in sunscreen, and I may have gotten a little bit too much sun. So my daughter was telling me in the way that only she could, protect yourself, mom, stay safe. If only she knew how deep those words cut. We live in a complex world. If there was a lotion or a potion that could keep my children safe and protected, I would slather it on them every single day. And I have to admit, there are days I feel like I need a break from the world in which we live. I admit one time I discovered a website where when you open it on your phone, you can scroll down into the deep, dark depths of the world's oceans. 
down, down, down to the deepest, darkest depths where creatures like the Dumbo octopus, sea devil anglerfish, goblin shark, and zombie worms live. This is the Mariana Trench, where the ocean is over 36,000 feet deep. There's no sunlight there, and plants cannot grow. And I wonder, are things calmer and less complex in the depths of the ocean? Because sometimes up here on the surface of the earth, there's too much pain, too much heartache, too much violence, too much status quo. There's just too much. Maybe I can escape the horrors of our time by taking a virtual dive down into the ocean beyond what I know, beyond the places where humans can live, beyond the places where humans can hurt each other. When I pause to consider all of God's creation, both what I know and what is far beyond my knowing, I am filled with awe and wonder. And then I remember that it was in the midst of tension between chaos and order, good and evil, that God chose to enter our human world, taking on flesh and blood and bone. The great I am was born into humanity in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. God could choose to dwell anywhere in all of creation, and God chose to be with us. In his book, Convictions, Marcus Borg describes the world in which Jesus lived, in which God entered into our being, a pre-modern domination system. Borg names four central features to this type of system. They were ruled by a few, typically a monarch, a monarch ranging from petty kings to emperors and an aristocracy. They were economically exploitative, they were chronically violent, and they were legitimated by religion. When Jesus lived, at least 90% of the population had no voice in how the system was structured. The ruling elites, which were about 2% of the population, acquired half to two-thirds of the annual production of wealth. And it was the peasant class that largely produced the wealth, and they lived under violence or the threat of violence in order to stay subservient. Kings were crowned in the name of God and declared that the social order reflected the will of God. This was the political reality of the time of Jesus and early Christianity. For Jesus, there was no escaping the realities of the world as it played out on the earth's surface. Jesus came into the mess of it and faced it head on. Jesus was on a mission in the world, and after about three years of public life and ministry, of teaching and healing, God's mission was leading Jesus to Jerusalem. 
I can't help but pause to wonder if Jesus could have hidden instead. If he could have turned around and fled and gone off to a small, tiny town in the countryside and lived a quiet life, well, maybe for a little while, no doubt he would continue teaching and healing and forgiving sins, and so the powers that be would eventually have found him. So Jesus faced Jerusalem and went straight in. There were crowds before him and behind him. There was this loud parade. There was no balm or lotion to protect him. Jesus would not escape reality. He would not hide. Jesus moved forward with great intention, always for the people, with the people, always showing a better way. Now this story, our Palm Sunday story, is one of those that shows up in all four Gospels. Matthew is the only one who seems to indicate that somehow Jesus rode on two animals at once as he entered Jerusalem. O. Wesley Allen, Jr. is a homiletics professor at Perkins School of Theology here in Dallas. And he explains that Matthew makes a theological point by using a literary form that puts Jesus on two animals at once, at once both a donkey and a colt. Allen writes, Matthew was not concerned with presenting a journalistic historical picture of the triumphal entry. Instead, he says that Matthew makes a political claim by echoing the infancy narrative to highlight the kingship of Jesus. As a baby, coming into the world, Jesus threatened the empire, and King Herod sought to have all baby boys killed in an effort to eliminate Jesus. As a grown rabbi, Jesus threatened the empire. And Jesus goes straight into Jerusalem, where Caesar's representative, the prefect Pontius Pilate, governs. Allen writes, Jesus enters the city as if he is claiming it as his own, as the capital of the near-at-hand reign of God. Jesus is met there with large crowds that roll out a royal red carpet for him. He's surrounded with praise that tell anyone who can hear that he is the son of David, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, the Messiah, the anointed one who has come to save. Hosanna, we beseech you to save us, the crowds cried. You are the one we've been waiting for. Hosanna! We are living in systemic poverty. Hosanna! Save us! We have inadequate nourishment. Hosanna! Save us! We have marginal shelter. Hosanna! Save us! We have little sanitation. Hosanna, save us. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And so we ask Jesus the question of the day 
as he enters into this crowd. Where are you headed? In his actions, Jesus responds, I am headed to wash the disciples' feet, to show you real love. Love that won't quit when things get tough. Love that stands up to hatred. Love that flows with compassion, generosity, hospitality, and steadfastness. I am headed to a table where I will share the gifts of my life. My body broken for the people and my blood shed for the forgiveness of all. The table of grace will live on well beyond my years. I am headed to show the way to justice and peace, a nonviolent way. I am headed to the hearts and homes of those who grieve. I am headed to the Covenant School in Nashville. I am headed to the center of the city, to the steps of the Capitol. I am headed to war-torn lands. I am headed to be with the people left homeless after a tornado ripped through town. I am headed to seek and save the lost. I am headed to the tables of those who have been cast out and labeled as sinners, identified as less than the children of God they are. I am headed to break bread with those who need more than physical nourishment, but also spiritual nourishment. Those who need to be reminded that God is love, that I am the light of the world and the good shepherd and the resurrection and the life. I am headed to be with the people, for that is central to who I am, Jesus says. I am headed to every place where love does not yet reign. I am headed into the chaos of life, and I will keep heading that direction until there are no more tears to wipe away, no more weeping and gnashing of teeth. I am headed into the heart of the storm to be with you wherever you are. The tension between politics and the way of Jesus were very real as the crowds gathered to shout Hosanna. And that very same tension has continued to exist through the years. It is still here today. Love does not yet reign. The Theological Declaration of Barman, part of our Book of Confessions, was written in 1934 by a group of church leaders in Germany who wanted to challenge the so-called German Christians, a popular movement that saw no conflict between Christianity and the ideals of Hitler's National Socialism. The group of 139 people included ordained ministers, church members, and university professors. They lived in Germany at a time when Hitler had consolidated his power and had obtained the support of church leaders allied with or sympathetic to the German Christians. The German Christians exalted the racially pure nation and rule of Hitler 
as God's will for the German people. The writers of the Declaration of Barman declared the church's freedom in Jesus Christ, who is Lord of every area of life. And without even needing to name Hitler or any other political figure, they declared that the church obeys Jesus Christ as God's one and only word who determines its order, ministry, and relation to the state. They also declared, we reject the false doctrine as though the church were permitted to abandon the form of its message and order to its own pleasure or to changes in prevailing ideological and political convictions. With their hearts and minds set on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, these men were bold and brave and charged straight into the chaos and sin of their time with their words and their stance. So the question is for us too. Where are you headed? Who will you follow? And what will you take with you? Will you wave palm branches on this Palm Sunday, shouting Hosanna as a political act claiming the church's allegiance to God's vision for the world? Will you head straight for the city center to stand up for those who have been kicked out, pushed aside, and told they don't matter? Will you head straight for hospitals, homes, grocery stores, classrooms, churches, and cubicles? Will you head straight for the people, the very people who need to be protected, welcomed, and loved? Will you stand with those who have been abused, harmed, violated? Will you reject the false doctrines of our day and those that seek to lift up any person as higher than Jesus Christ? Will you show another way against those that seek to lift up just a small group of people over all of God's people? Will you head out with Jesus and with the body of Christ trusting that you are not alone, but that you are called to head this way. My friends, we live in a complex world, one where goblin sharks and zombie worms live in the deep, dark depths of the sea. But Jesus doesn't escape the world's complexities. He faces them directly, looking straight down the path laid out before him. The way of Jesus is with the people and into the crowds and into Jerusalem where he knows exactly how he will be greeted. Jesus was headed toward a world where love reigns and it was and is his job to show us the way. So my prayer for us today is that we will find ways to trust that God will protect us and care for us 
as we too face headstrong toward what is ahead. The world needs us to show the way of Jesus, the way to a world where love reigns. In the name of the one who came to seek and save the lost. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen. <laughs>